ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Brought to you by Zadok Jewelers, KFNC and KFNC HD2, Mont Bellevue, Houston. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Yeah, we made it. You just talk. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Lights, camera, action. Hello, world. Welcome into Moneyline on a, I guess, we're back kind of Sunday. Well, I guess we'll call that the motto every single Sunday leading up to last few Sundays. It was a get it off your chest Sunday when the Watson news had broke. Last week, is it was a let's kick it Sunday because there was no football. And this one is a we're back. I'm glad to see you kind of Sunday. Welcome into Moneyline 713-780-3776. I am Jerry Bow at Jerry Bow Knows with a Z. Sitting in studio with the statistician at my partner in Grind at Josh Jordan 97.5 was where you can find him on Twitter. Josh Jordan. What's going on, Jerry? We're alive. We made it. <laughs> Somehow, right? Somehow. Here we are. Um, I didn't know even know if we were going to have the show, to be honest with you, this week. Uh, a few days ago, I started thinking things, saying maybe we should just hold it off a week. But here we are. I'm glad to be in studio. It's good to get our minds off things. And behind the glass, our man Aaron Rabel. You might know him as Aaron uh, from The Blitz. I know him as the best producer that I know. Your, your favorite producer? That's his favorite producer. That's how uh, good my man is here. What's going on, Aaron? Oh, you know, waking up finally. It took me a little bit, but I'm here. <laughs> That's a ringing endorsement. <laughs> I don't remember how I got here. I just remember that I'm here. I'm with you, man. Like, the last week has been, I'm, I, it's hard to even know what day it is anymore. It's it's crazy. I thought about that the other day. Uh, I was like, man, am I the only one that doesn't know what day it is? I even told an, uh, my wife, and she was like, dude, it's it's Wednesday, and I thought it was already Thursday. <laughs> and uh, here we are, though, again, seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. It's it's a what's going on, what in the hell happened type of Sunday. Yeah, this um, past week has taken about two and a half months. Yeah. Yeah, it just, let's be real. I mean, before, we, I mean, there's not really any football to get right into or anything crazy. So, I mean, how did you guys uh, get fair in this whole uh, Houston snow snowpocalypse? Man, it, I made it through, but yeah, we were out. We were without power for, you know, a couple days, solid. You know, I mean, those were some cold nights, man. It. But, you know, look, it could have been a lot worse. A lot of people have it a lot worse than me. So we just kind of had to grin and bear it. I was telling Jerry before the show, you forget how much you take advantage of small things, just like being able to use your microwave, you know, just little things like that. So, man, it's great to have power back and, you know, starting to get the water going again. It's it's not back to 100%, but, hey, we'll take it. How did you do? I know you're down there south, uh, more towards my area. How did it go down there? Uh, so we lost power at 2 a.m. from Sunday into Monday, and then we didn't get full power restored until Thursday morning. Wow. So it came on four times total between Monday and Thursday for about 20 minutes apiece, and then after 20 minutes, we'd kill off. It, it's almost like a movie. Some of the things that you saw, and I know you said your house was extremely cold inside. I mean, yeah, I saw that one house, yeah, where where the water had busted and then eventually had frozen, and it's just, what in the world are we living in? 
I mean, for a second there, you started questioning yourself, what in the world is really going on? Like, especially coming off the year that we came off with COVID, and then all of a sudden, you start asking yourself, all right, we're used to hurricanes. Yeah. But then you're talking about this, and then then you have the people from the north chiming in, like, oh, just a little cold. And I'm thinking, yeah, we weren't prepared. We're not prepared for this. It's different. It's different when it's just a little cold if you don't have power. You don't have electricity to keep your pipes warm, keep your house warm, be able to make food. You know, that, you, how are you going to boil your water if you don't have any electricity? <laughs> you know what I mean? On the way here, um, I guess I didn't stop to, not, not that I didn't stop to think about it, but I just didn't realize how many people it hurt as far as the food-wise. And I was driving here. I, I have to go by, by NRG. And, man, that, those lines were ridiculous outside of it. I, I didn't, I mean, I didn't know that there would be that many people out there, to be honest with you. It's a lot of people were set back because of this, and, and here we are, and, I feel sorry for the ones that are about to open up their 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 cable or their light bill and re- <laughs> and realize that it's in a few grand. That's another thing that's going to pop up, and I don't even see how you'll even be expected to pay that. No, I mean I'd be like, yeah, I'll send you what I paid you last month. I'm good. I'm not paying you twenty five hundred dollars for my for my bill this month. That's not happening. I mean, we were without power for like two solid straight days, so at least we weren't racking up the racking up the coins during that time, but. Man, and I don't know if you saw Jerry Jones made a killing on on his gas investments over the past week Did he? or so. Yeah, yeah, he made a ton of money. So that, that's what you want to hear is that billionaires are, are cashing in on normal people freezing and just trying to warm up their house. Is uh is having a built in generator to your house is that a rich kind of thing? Is that consider is that something that should be almost standard going forward now, especially from the things. That should be a standard. I'm right? going to be looking now. into it. That's for sure. I mean, I forget who had told me something whenever they were doing the house. Maybe it's a ten or fifteen thousand dollar add on, something along that range. But if that's the case, then then sign me up, right? I mean, to 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 power on my house again. Yeah, I mean, you can get the little portable ones for cheaper, but that one should get when you renew your license. Yeah, right. Like here, here you go. Here's a generator. <laughs> take this with you. Yeah, take your picture and give you a generator. No, man, it, it's something to consider, especially since we have the hurricanes during the summer. And look, I don't, you know, we keep talking about, oh, this is, you know, a once in a hundred years event. Well, it's it's really not. I mean, remember when the, the Super Bowl was in Dallas and, you know, it was freezing cold and we had something similar. I think it was like 2011. I just, look, I, you know, climate change is a thing. It's going to keep getting colder and keep getting hotter on both ends. So, you know, prepare for it. I think that, uh, we use that term loosely a little bit. That hundred years, mm-hmm. this is a hundred year flood. Yep. I mean, I'm a betting man, and I've seen I've seen some some bad beats when you think you have it locked up, and this is just another bad beat. And if you're listening out there and you're getting back to power today, I mean, I stepped out today thinking it was going to be cold, and I was just like, well, this is weird. And I look on the forecast, and it says that we'll be in the 70s. Yeah, it seems like it's back to normal, but. I'm telling you, man, like, we forget. Like, 2020 was such a crazy year. Like, remember, 2020 started with, like, Australia, almost all of it being on fire. You remember that? Like, <laughs> Dang, we that forget about that, ago. right? And then now we look at, you know, at Texas, and we're we're having, you know, record lows. So, I mean, this stuff, it's just going to keep getting worse. So, we just got to be prepared for it. And, man, hopefully the, the energy, we figure this out in Texas, because, I mean, that was a total disaster. Um we got to talk about Ted Cruz, right? Do you see that? <laughs> I don't know. 
because you go both ways. You see some people saying, well, what do you expect them to do? If you had the option right now, if you had the option to get up and go, would you go? And then you say, yeah. But then you also say, well, I'm not in Congress, though. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, that's the difference here. But then I see a picture of him giving out water and stuff and put it in to a Hyundai. And somebody said, man, that's his own Hyundai. Yeah. He's putting it in. And it just to me now, it's just a slap in the face, kind of like you've already gone this far. Like, don't. Once you were already out there, you're already don't make it worse by coming back, you know. Yeah, just, and then blaming it on your kids, and then <laughs> you know, like, oh, I was, my daughters, they asked me to escort them down to Mexico. I was being a good dad, keeping them safe, and you're like, yeah, keep them safe by stranding them in Mexico, and you coming back. That makes a lot of sense. And then I think he said it was his wife's idea after that. So th- the big thing is, I know he, you know, what could he do? I've heard that argument too, but he's gone after other politicians for similar things on Twitter. So I think that's where most people had the issue. It's just kind of the hypocrisy. Well, you saw the one, I forget the one from New York, whenever all that was going on, then they, they found him dining out. So it's just, I guess some of them say things that they just to say, you know, just because that's their position, but it's just, it's just tough because you say, yeah, what do you expect them to do? And at that point, he just made himself look the the lies at the, I think at this point it's the lies. Just if you went and took that decision, all right, so be it. But then the lies behind it, it just gives you a bad taste in your mouth. It, it does, but you know, newsflash: politicians lie. That's not do they? You know, yeah, that that's a thing. I, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> now, where do we go here going forward? I know we've talked this whole segment about weather, but not here, here we are. Like I said, I didn't even know we were going to be here. Well, I mean, our our electricity, our elevators, ain't even working. Here. Yeah, I, I figured out how bad a shape I am coming up. <laughs> I was winded talking to you. <laughs> Two whole flights of stairs. No, man, it's uh, you know, luckily. We were able to continue, you know, to put up content on SportsMap, and there's been a few stories that have broke this week. Guys, uh, HoustonSportsMap.com, if you haven't checked it out, that's where you'll find all our videos and content on the Texans, Rockets, and Astros. And, you know, not a whole lot this week with the Texans, just kind of more, you know, Deshaun trade speculation. I think you saw the, you know, the the bogus report about McCaffrey and, like, three first-round picks from the Panthers coming to the Texans for Watson, but... Turns out the McCaffrey part of it's bogus, but the rest of it is real. It looks like the owner of the Panthers is he has made up his mind. He wants to he wants to upgrade that quarterback position. At this point, though, as soon as they say McCaffrey part isn't real, then then you're hanging up. You you say the phone number you've called has been disconnected <laughs> in the middle of the phone call. They're like, man, I was just talking to him. There's no way it was disconnected. Yeah, as soon as you said McCaffrey's off the table, this conversation is over. I don't know, and we'll get into this on the other side because there's a lot of talks. I mean, there's going to be, obviously, when there's a guy like Watson, and I'm not going to say on the market because he's not even on the market right now, but when there's talks of him possibly being on the market, there's going to be teams popping out, and and, and that's what I'm seeing now. All of a sudden, just random teams saying, well, we'll take them, and we're going to get to that. There's a list of them coming out. The odds have drastically changed. If you're betting it, in Vegas right now, it was for a while there. It was the Texans were the favorites. And then that switched, and it was the Dolphins. Then it went to the Jets. And then now there's a new favorite. And I'm going to give you those odds when we get back here. But I just want to know your overall thoughts. Yeah, man. it's uh, We did we actually did a sports map video on Sports Map Houston. Check it out about, you know, what's, what's more likely to happen. And I just – there's two dates that's going to tell us a lot more information. It's going to be the NFL draft, right? Because – if the Texans are going to trade him for draft picks, you're going to want to do it before the draft. With with you know, how are you going to upgrade the team until next year if you don't do it before the draft? And the other thing is, 
all the other teams in the league kind of have their quarterback situation in place after the draft. You know, so you you may not get as much for Deshaun at that point. And then the other big landmark date to keep an eye on is is training camp. You know, is he going to show up for training camp? Is if he doesn't, is it going to be like remember Brett Favre watch with Ed Werder, where they'd be sitting there waiting, like, oh, is Brett Favre going to show up today, or is he going to retire? We could see Ed Werder cap- camped out at NRG every day. Deshaun watch. Here's day four. Deshaun's still not here. You know, it's going to be a huge story. Imagine the uh, the lyrics. Just every day there would be <laughs> lyrics. It'd just be yes. it'd be hell. But we're going to get into what other teams are in the picture now. What team is the favorite? To get them going forward, you listen to Monday Line, ESPN 975. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, 713-780-3776. It's a welcome back, we're still alive type of Sunday. If you're from the Houston area, hopefully that... Uh, this is a way to kind of kick back a little bit. Things are maybe getting back somewhat to normal. Hopefully that you got, I mean, I I started questioning things whenever I heard Dell this week. And he started saying about, okay, he ordered a pizza. I don't know what you guys think here. And once he started putting one and one together, he started saying for that dough, it requires water. So then you start questioning, Does do you trust that restaurant that you go to enough to say, we're going to boil this water that we usually don't boil to make this then i started questioning like for example yesterday the neighborhood taqueria and i said let me get my lemonade and then i said man well what do they usually make it with first off were they making it with tap water and i was trusting that and do i trust them now do you trust um, what are you doing you're doing the whole brush teeth with uh brush your teeth with the boiled water you are you showering some people are showering with boiled water (laughs) no i mean i'm uh we have bottled water, so I'm using the bottled water to brush my teeth with and that kind of stuff. And, I mean, they say you can shower in that water because, you know, the soap mixed in there, you're good to go. It's not ideal, but to your point with the restaurants, we went to Sonic the other day. They were one of the very few restaurants that were open, and, man, we were just hungry. Like I said, I'd had like chicken noodle soup for like three or four meals in a row. I just wanted something, you know, like actual substance, you know <laughs> what I mean? But they, they would... They couldn't give you drinks. They would sell you food, but they wouldn't give you drinks because of the ice, right? Which I was glad. At least they were paying attention to that. You know, the ice is no good unless you boil the water. So they were like, we'll sell you food, but we're not going to sell you drinks. So I was cool with that because I had drinks. I needed food. So that made me feel good. And I ordered something last night, and it was not great. I ended up throwing a lot of it away because it just didn't seem right. And I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, are these people doing what they're supposed to be doing at these restaurants. and I'm not sure if I trust them. Yeah, I'm not sure if I do either. So, you know, you roll the dice and hope for the best. But I don't know. I'm, I'm tired of eating canned food, so I decided to, to take a shot. Rolling the dice and hoping for the best. Let's start right there because the Panthers are clearing space, wanting to make a run at Deshaun Watson. Some reports say that the McCaffrey thing is, is completely off the table. Some were saying that there's somewhat truth to it. Now, at this point, the Panthers are just seeing who will buy that what because 
formally there's nothing to offer yet because it's not like he's on the table yet to even trade for. But if open if talks open up, the Panthers are out there on the forefront, and I'm sure that their quarterback doesn't feel great about that. Yeah, I told you. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater has taken all his Panther stuff off his social media. Man, that, I guess that's what we do these days, right? We run to change our status on social media when somebody upsets us. But they are. They're clearing cap space. I don't even think he threw 20 touchdowns last year. So it's something where they're looking to upgrade. Their owner is the one that's pushing for this. He wants to do, at all costs, he wants to get an elite quarterback. He used to be a minority investor in the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he's watched Ben Roethlisberger all these years. And he's of the opinion that if you really want to win this thing and get it done, you have to have a top-tier quarterback. He doesn't want just a a game manager. So they're going to try and get Deshaun Watson if they can. We'll see if they can offer, you know, the most trade value for him. But I think half the league's going to be in on this if the Texans actually decide to move him, which I'm kind of leaning towards he's going to end up staying here, I think. To me, I think this is Deshaun just, hey, I'm going to ask out. If they trade me, great. I get what I want. If they don't, then when real games start happening, I think he'll end up showing up and playing. But what happens if they're losing? Like, at, at which point in a losing record do you, does he say, man, I'm hurt? But we, it's funny you say that because I brought this up the other day. We were all talking about Deshaun should sit out these last few games to keep him from getting hurt because these games were meaningless. But remember, Deshaun refused. He's like, I'm playing. You know, there's that competitor in him that I think the Texans are going to play a game of chicken with him and be like, we think that competitor in you is not going to miss games, and you're not going to want to give back that signing bonus. So I think if they dig in here, I think Deshaun will end up playing games for the Texans. But I think that only changes if he comes out and says something negative about the owners, like something specific and personal, or if he throws Easterby under the bus. But up until now... cryptic tweets. Texans will deal with cryptic tweets. They don't care about that. And I think that's why it makes a lot of sense what you brought up last week as far as the J.J. situation because, remember, I said, man, they did him a solid by letting him go like this. He would have had to restructure his contract if he went somewhere else. But then you start putting one and one together, and you said maybe it was for the best of the Texans because they know that the moment that J.J. turns against them, then it's on. You can have a lot of people other turn Andre turn. You can have a lot of other people within that organization turn, but the day that JJ turns and starts taking it public. So, but at the same time you say maybe that's what the team needed JJ to blow it up so then Deshaun could blow it up as well and then all of a sudden now you're thinking, well Easterby has to go at this point. Maybe that's the route it should have taken and and, and it was wasn't such a blessing in disguise. I hear you. A lot of people, I mean JJ took Bill O'Brien down. A lot of people were quick. Hoping, yeah, quick. I, a lot of people, I think, were hoping that he would do that with Easterby, but that didn't happen. And and JJ wants his reputation in Houston to to be good, right? I mean, think of all the things he's done here. But I think you're right. I think he had leverage with the Texans, where he could be like, you know, I've been a good soldier, but if you guys, you know, sit on my rights and you keep me here and, and try and trade me somewhere, I don't want to go. You know, then all that goodwill's out the window. I've got 5.6 million Twitter followers, and I will drag you guys every I mean, day. JJ takes it there; it's on. Yes, that's what. But that's kind of almost what you needed. You needed to go to that extremity to get Easter B out, in my yes. opinion. Yes, and we talked about it last week too. With Jamie Roots leaving, 
They need a new president. President Easterby, does that have a nice ring to it, Jerry? I saw that on Sports Map as well. I was yeah. seeing that that y'all put that out. Um, again, okay. So going forward, though, now that let's say okay, Watts gone, and let's say I don't know what happens with Watson. Is there anybody on there as far as from a player perspective that has enough power to get Easterby out? No, no. The, the only way this happens is if Deshaun goes after him once he's gone that window's gone the same reason that i said that that's why they didn't go out and get the enemy because easterby knew man if he comes in this into this building he's gonna he that guy comes from a winning culture he's gonna start looking around he's gonna start talking he's gonna start saying you know what the problem here is easterby yep and eventually they're gonna end up cutting him out so i think that easterby is seeing these big dominoes going like jj watt's gone He's uh he he's like the Billy Madison movie with the calendar, you know. He, Steve Buscemi, yeah, with the people to kill. List. Yeah, he's like JJ gone. He's got Watson right there, like you're next. And then who's after that? There's who's gonna get him cut out of here? Other than finally, maybe results not getting there, but then there's a gap. New coach, no draft equity. What's the window for the for the failure of the Texans to be able to trickle down to people getting fired after that? Oh man, it's. What what is so interesting to me is that everybody they're hiring for the top tier positions has never had that job before. Think about it. Nick Casario, he's worked in the front office, but he's never been a GM. David Culley, he's been an assistant head coach, but he's never been a head coach. Josh McCown, who's supposed to be your coach in waiting, he's going to be groomed by people that have never been head coaches. And then if you look at the owner, Cal McNair, he's only been doing this for a couple of years. You know, he doesn't really have any true experience at doing this. So th- they're building everything with people that have never held these jobs before. It's a real concern. Ken Hoffman uh, wrote an article on the website for us, and he said when Jamie Roots left, the last adult left the room, left the building, right? <laughs> yeah. Like Jamie Roots was there for 20 years, very successful running the business side of the Texans. He was that last voice of reason. He was part of that corn fairy search for head coach and GM that you know brought that to Cal McNair. And then when Cal McNair said, nope, I'm going to throw this in the trash and hire Casario and stick with my man Easterby, that's when Jamie Roots was like, no, this, I'm out. This is, this is not going to be good. Now, there's somewhere, though, that you have to draw the line in the sand. And you have to say, all right, now we're going too far. And I told you earlier that there's a new team in the running that they've become the favorites as far as Watson's going to land, and that's the Denver Broncos. As far as betting-wise in the betting world, for whatever reason, they've moved up. And I know that they've spoken uh, spoken about it publicly. Uh, some say that they were after Stafford. Um, so so they're, they're trying to connect dots to them. But that's where I draw the line, the line in the sand and say, I don't want Drew Locke because oh. that – all this means, I know there's going to be some other picks tied to this, and that's fine and dandy. But then that means you're tied, you're tied to Drew Locke for at least a few years. They're going to give him a shot in this offense that's trying, on this team that's trying to rebuild, much less an offense. The last thing I want to see is them make a deal with the Broncos and getting Drew Locke here. Am I wrong? No. I- that's the problem, right? The Jets trade. You're talking about Sam Darnold. Do you want him? You know, you look at the Dolphins trade offer. Do you want Tua? I, there's a reason these guys are trying to trade for Deshaun. They don't like their quarterback situation. So why would you want to flip spots with them? With the Broncos, they don't have a top three pick or anything like that. So if you really, and that's the other thing I wanted to bring up. A lot, we'll learn a lot about the Texans and Watson because of the draft. And here's why. If they really like one of these quarterbacks in the draft, 
If they do, then a trade with the Jets or the Dolphins could make some sense, right? Because the Texans could draft one of those guys if they really like him. But if they don't, then I think they're more likely to hold on to Deshaun and just kind of hope for the best. We'll talk a little bit about some of those quarterbacks, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, and just a little bit more of the quarterback carousel going on in the NFL. This is uh, Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. Well, hello. To call into the HRP listener line, dial 713 780 ESPN. Dial the phone. Disappointed by your HR and payroll technology? Maybe you need to outsource your administration. Go to hrp.net to learn more. is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. Our man Lamont says, uh, hey, Josh Jordan here, and Jerry Bowe says, we're returning to somewhat normal. Had me laughing through my freaking face mask. Hashtag normal. Yeah, that's where we're at right now. When I say somewhat normal, we're thinking, what, what is normal? During the break, we're talking about I heard someone say that they were melting snow to be able to use that water or that their apartment complex opened up the pool so they could use that water. And I just thought to myself at one point, I sat down, is this real life? What country are we in? Just what is going on right now? This is where we're at. I even saw there's a ERCOT's getting a hundred, a hundred million dollar lawsuit going on for that little boy that, that died. And, and, yeah. and they're saying that or they don't know the reasons yet. Um, the reasons for death yet but if it happens to be that i mean how, how are they going to get past this i was thinking are there lawsuits on the table i like the mean that said hey karen's Gotta you're out be. there do your thing this is your time to shine karen's i'm telling you man it's going to be all the energy people and all the politicians you know blame storming each other for this so very appropriate it is going to be a big blame storm and and who knows what'll if anything will get settled and you know, people. I know people were upset with Ted Cruz, but man, he's not getting elected again for years. People will have forgotten about this by then, most likely. At least some people will have. So, it's going to be back and forth, a lot of finger pointing. Let's just hope through all this, we we learn from it and we put some better systems in place, just so we don't have to go through this again. It, I mean, it's terrible. I and mean, people died. You know, and just got to get this figured out. I'll tell you who else got to get a better place or system in place, and that's the Eagles. Reports are coming out during an appearance on Phillies 97.5. The fanatic Adam Schefter said that th- there might have been a gap of 10 weeks where Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson didn't even communicate at all. There was no communication going on. I do not want that situation here to to, to start like that, the season to start like that. I thought it was bad whenever Coach Silas for the Rockets had got got, got the bad end of the stick per se. Whenever Harden wasn't showing up, I don't want that to be the case on on the Texans that the season starts and we're talking about well Deshaun hasn't really even communicated with them or like I get what you're saying he's such a competitor last year you saw that but 
at this point, are we past that point? Because he has nothing to gain at this point, but a lot to lose. I mean, don't, his money going forward, but but what does he have to gain here? Other than what's the point he's going to prove it? Like you said, it's a game of tug of war, but there's a lot of money on the table. At what point do the Texans say, man, let me just get rid of this problem. Let's get moving because at, at the same time, we could play this game, but that's setting the franchise back. Just a guy that doesn't want to be there. What happens if they come out and lose four out of the first five games, four out of the first six games, which could very well happen. What happens to him mentally? Is he out there still? Obviously, he's not going to quit because he didn't last year, but is he still going 100% for a team that he doesn't want to? His mentality last year playing for that losing team is different from this year's losing team, I believe, if they get in that predicament. No, I could see that. And that's where some of these you know, James Harden comparisons come in here, right? But – and look what it took when they finally traded James, him throwing his teammates under the bus and showing up in a fat suit, you know, like ridiculous things. I just don't know if that's in Deshaun. I mean, he won't even he won't even take a shot at Easterby on social media after Andre Johnson does it. So is he really going to go the James Harden route and, and throw his teammates under the bus and, you know, say bad things about ownership? Remember, that's what eventually got Dwayne Brown out of here was taking shots at ownership. That's – I think that's the only way it happens. But you're right. The team's going to be bad with or without Deshaun. That's part of it, too. They went 4-12 and last year. I mean, this defense is horrible. They have so much work to do to rebuild this defense. And they're not anywhere. And they just lost their best defensive player. Whatever you think of J.J., he was still a, a top 20 player on defense, according to PFF last year. So he was still your best player. He's gone. I mean, this they're going to be bad on defense. There's no getting around that. And they don't have a first or second round draft pick to to add to it. Let's talk about Wentz a little bit. Does that tr- change anything in the division because according to Vegas, the new odds for the both teams after after this trade, they're exactly the same. Nothing moved, not one bit. I don't think that it should change. I think that it's right. Vegas is correct on this one. What's changed? How much better does does Wentz make last year's uh coach team on wins? I think he'd kind of, if it was 2020 Carson Wentz, I think he was worse than Phillip Rivers was last year. I don't even think that's debatable, right? Carson Wentz had a bad season. Phillip Rivers, he was serviceable. You know, he, he did a pretty good job. But, look, Chris Ballard's a really good GM. You know, so I, I'm, I'm leaning towards, I got to trust him with this move. And apparently it was Frank Reich, you know, the coach, that really was like, make this happen. I can, I can get this guy's confidence back. You know, we can get this thing turned around. Like, he was the one that really wanted this to happen. So, and remember, he was with Carson Wentz when he was successful in Philly. So, if anybody can do it, it's him. I think, though, that we have to realize, though, these two big deals that we've seen, the golf and the Wentz, there's a lot of money tied to it as well, though. What does that do going forward for for young quarterbacks that if this doesn't happen, maybe it doesn't put it under a magnifying glass for everyone because it has to be on alert now. We're not going to pay quarterbacks a little prematurely just because they have a run. We're not going to do that because a coach, a new coach that had some success in both situations, Peterson had some success, boom, let's get money, right? Uh, Goff had some success. They went to the Super Bowl with McVay, a new coach again in that situation. What happens? Hey, he probably talked up a big game. Yeah, Goff's our guy. So as much as it goes down to the the guy getting paid, it goes down to the coach because you know he had some say at one point. Yeah, this is our guy. Before they signed him, gave him that money in Philly. Yeah, this is our guy. Same thing with Goff. 
They had to run that by McVay. Are you sure this is the guy? Yeah, that's my guy. Guys coming up now, though, these young quarterbacks, they're gonna, there's going to be a gap now where teams are going to be a little bit reluctant. They're going to step back and say, we're not going to be doing making those kind of mistakes. Well, it's funny, right? If, if you pay them a little bit early, you might get a small discount, right? If you can see, like, hey, this is our guy. Let's not wait until there's only a year left on his deal. Let's lock him up now. But the trade-off is, is if he starts playing poorly after that, you're stuck with these massive contracts. And, and then you're having to do something like that. But we saw this with the Texans when they gave Brock Osweiler all that money. Remember, before he'd even really come here, they, they, they did that ahead of time in free agency because you, you couldn't really talk. So they gave him all that money without even really working him out or anything. And you just have to roll the dice on that. And then what they do, they to trade his contract, they had to send a second-round pick with him to the Browns. And we kind of saw that with, with the golf contract, right? You know, to, they had to give up draft picks to, to move his contract. I will say this. You're talking about teams maybe waiting a little bit. Cowboys have been doing that the last couple of years. You know, they've held off. They have not given Dak that big money deal. And both of these guys, the teams in golf situation, the Rams moved up, traded a bunch of first rounders to get up there and get him. Same thing with Wentz. They went from 13 to 2. Grab Wentz. What do they do? They lost two veteran players in uh, Kiko Alonso, Byron Maxwell in that deal, along with four additional picks. And then just. Years after, after getting a con- uh, an extension, both guys, and just a few years afterwards, it'd be one thing if you said, okay, it didn't work, but there was no extension in between. Both of these guys got an extension in that little bit of time off a small sample size, and then now the team's taking another hit to get rid of them. That goes to tell you how bad they really were. Oh, yeah. All that dead cap money is ridiculous. We used to think that teams wouldn't trade these guys just because of the massive dead cap hit they would take. Well, we're seeing teams are willing to do it to get rid of these guys. I mean, we've seen it, especially with the Eagles. When the Carson wins, the amount of dead money is astronomical. Now, you look at the guys coming in this season, are you convinced that Lawrence, because this 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 week you started hearing, it's that time, and the people need clicks. Uh, Lawrence might not be, hands down, number one, Wilson, Zach Wilson might be that guy. And then you th- you read into it and you th- in my opinion there's absolutely no way that Lawrence doesn't go one. I just don't I can't see that. I cannot see that happening. I don't think that they trade that pick either. No matter what you bring to the table, do you do you see it different? Do you think if and I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but if if the if the Texans said, "Hey, we'll give you Watson for that pick." Do you think that they would take it right now? Uh no, but I'm not saying they wouldn't eventually. And if you're the Jags, there's no point in tipping your hand and saying, yep, it's definitely Trevor Lawrence. You know, like what if somebody else likes one of these other quarterbacks and they're they're willing to throw a crazy amount of draft picks at you to go get them? But, you know, I think Trevor Lawrence, I mean, they say he's the best prospect since Andrew Luck, so I'm with you. I think he's a lock to go number one overall. And believe it or not, Skip Bayless has been pushing this narrative for weeks and weeks and weeks that the Texans should trade him to the Jags, and then take that first overall pick and draft Trevor Lawrence and start over with a really good quarterback prospect. You know, maybe you get another pick along with Trevor Lawrence for trading him Watson, but here's the catch, bud. Is Deshaun going to want to go to Jacksonville? He's got that no-trade clause. And no-trade clause. That's what makes a big difference here. Okay, so then you start talking about teams that the, the, the puzzle has to connect on both ends, right? So then you start saying, where does it make sense? Because, okay, the 49ers, for example, 
he has a no trade clause, Jimmy G. So where does he ultimately end up? Say the Texans do make a deal with the 49ers. Does Jimmy G want to play here? I mean, that's the problem, right? And here's here's where I think the Texans fans might finally turn on Deshaun. Is if the Texans lock up a trade for Deshaun, a really good deal, right? A lot of draft picks, maybe a great player. To where Texans fans are like, we hate to lose Deshaun, but he does not want to play here. He's going to sit out. The Texans got the the biggest, like a Herschel Walker deal for him. Like, you know, the Ricky Williams. Mike Ditka gave us his entire draft. And then Deshaun says, no, I don't want to play there. You know, and then he's holding the team hostage, right? That's when Texans fans will be like, well, you demand a trade. We give that to you. Then you say no. But you also want play for us. So I think that's when fans could finally turn on Deshaun and be like, dude, you can't have it both ways. And that's what I bring my question to. Does he, what's the ultimate goal for him winning right now the Jets he doesn't make them a winner right now the Broncos he doesn't make them a winner right now they still have a lot of holes where does he go right now that can get him to be a winner right now San Francisco but then Jimmy G has the other opposite in saying I don't want to go to the Texans yep And, and that might be a deal where Jimmy's not part of the trade package it has to be all about draft equity I heard Kittle Someone threw Kittle yeah. in there. Would y'all be interested if Kittle gets thrown in? Once you start throwing Kittle into conversations, not, we might be talking about something. I He better be included in the deal because here's why. They don't have a super high draft pick, the Niners. You know, and it's not a top three pick or anything like that. So you better throw me a pro Bowl player in this deal. I better throw you a winner because football season's not here, but football is and a little bit of hoops. I've got a winner for you. The game goes off at about, what is it, 2 o'clock Central Standard Time. I'm going to have to readjust because we're looking on European time. So 2 o'clock our time, Central Standard Time, I have a winner for you, and it's coming here on Monday Line ESPN 97.5. You're listening to ESPN 97.5. I don't blame you, Don. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Shout out to everyone on Twitch hanging out with Moneyline this morning. It's Dr. Dre, like always, BMF, uh, Seamonts, Crystal, uh, Virginia Buttonweeds, everyone for hanging out. And let's get to a few of these because, okay, for example, Dr. Dre says, do we really think that Kittle's going to be the deal maker? I'm not impressed by Garoppolo, in my opinion. To what I answered is, not exactly the deal breaker, but I think it is this. The teams that are in, in contention right now to, to make this trade with, if you get Darnold, does that, is that, would you rather have someone that's mediocre at his position or someone that's considered top two or three at his position? And then the, also the picks that come along with it. Same thing with Tua. We don't even know what Tua's going to be. I'd rather say... Man, give me those picks. Give me someone that's known to be one of the best at his position. I'm, I hate to say the best because Kelsey's saying, what about me? But Kittle's right there and saying, okay, we got a stud stud there, and we got these picks where we don't have to wait because if you get Darnold right away, for example, what's to say you waste that first-round pick that you get that very first one that you get that following year or whatever year it is that you use it on a, on a quarterback right off the top because you already have one? 
You might be a little content to say, you know what, let's fill another hole. I'd rather say, hey, let's go ahead and fill that hole with the quarterback. We already have a, a tight end that'll be his main weapon, and let's build around it. But it's a it's a sticky situation, to say the least. It is. And keep in mind that the Texans are, are in a bad spot salary cap-wise. So if you're trading for good players that are making a lot of money, you'd rather be you know, getting draft picks, in theory, if it's a great player that you, that you believe in the draft because he's going to be a lot cheaper. You know, so that that's something to consider too. Is you know, the Texans got to find a way to to cut some of the salary. Let's see what Jeff has to say. He's on the HRMP listener line. Jeff, what's going on? Let's talk some football. Hey, how's it going, guys? Let me. I'll make this quick, and then I'll hang up and listen. So you trade him to Miami. You get the third and eighteenth pick this year. You get a first round next year and a second round next year. You draft Devontae Smith. You draft Travis Etienne. You also get Shaq Larson back in that deal. And then you draft Ian Book later on in the draft. You got your quarterback, your running back, a wide receiver. You've replaced J.J. Watt. Well, not replaced, but you put a defensive uh, end in place of J.J. Watt. And then you go from there to build, build from there. I'll hang up and listen to what you all have to say. No, I mean, it's not bad. Those are all the big names in college he's getting out. Just And the way they're spread out, you can, you'll have a chance at each one of them, the way that they'll fall. I, I'm not totally against it, but at the same time, you're saying that you're building a team, a bunch of round, a bunch of rookies, right? A team that has no veteran leadership. Who who's going to be the leader at this point? We could throw all those guys together, but there still has to be some. So you're like, okay, that's cool. Maybe they have a a coach that can lead these guys to men. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you look at this guy, and he's more of a history teacher. So it's just a bad predicament to be in because. Okay, say you go real young and you take that that route, then there's not enough equity going forward. Things are set back so far that if you take that route, first off, the percentage of that rookies hit right off the top their first year is not very high. No, and even just first-round draft picks in general, it's kind of a 50-50 proposition if they're going to end up being a, a good starter for you. Then you're asking that quarterback to have a connection with that receiver that quick. You know, you're asking for a lot. Everything would have to work out perfectly with these guys for that to work. If it worked out perfectly, if Etienne it does end up being a, a, a souped-up uh, Alvin Kamara, uh, okay, cool. If he does, if if Book ends up being a, a steal in this draft later on as one of the back-ended picks of this quarterback draft, cool. I know what Smith is going to be. We know he's going to be a baller, but... Those things all have to work out perfectly for it to happen. Or do you take the chance? That's where you are right now. The ball's, and I hate to use this phrase, it's so cliche, but the ball's ultimately in the in the Texans' field right now because they know that they have to make the right choice here. They have to get the right decision made here because it's a, I said the same thing whenever the tick, the, the Rockets were, were in this whole shambles with Harden. It's a franchise-turning move. It's a generational type talent same thing with Harden you were thinking no matter if you love him or hate him or if he's a winner in the playoffs whatever he is it's a generational type talent when will you get another guy like that when will you have the chance on another guy like Deshaun Watson when they don't just come along all the time you know from a Texans fan listening right now, and I hate to mess up your coffee this morning, but you're thinking about all those years chasing a quarterback. You know the struggle without not having a quarterback and having other pieces of the team and just being like in that offseason just saying, man, if they just had a quarterback, I promise you, if they just had a quarterback, 
And then finally you got one, and then years later, just a few years later, and we'll call it months later, after signing his big contract, then here we are. It's you have to make sure that that place that, that deal that goes down, it's it's it, it you win. The Texans have to win if he does he does leave. I think you have to be realistic too that this isn't going to turn around overnight. You know what I mean? Well, look, you mentioned the Rockets, right? They've lost seven games in a row. You know, it, it's not good. You're you're not going to be good next year if you even with Deshaun, they were four and twelve this past year. That defense. It's not going to get fit. If they hold on to Deshaun, oh, man, it's going to take a while to rebuild that defense because you don't have a ton of cap space and you don't have a first or second round draft pick. So that's an issue there. You know, if, if you make the trade, then you got to wait for all these guys to, to mature and, and turn into good football players. And, you know, I, I don't love the coaching staff they hired. It concerns me that nobody else in the league wanted any of these guys. You know, seriously, David Culley and Lovey Smith's been out of the league for a while. If you were setting odds right now at my bookie, both of you guys, what would you set the odds of Coach David Culley making it, let's say, two years? Would that be a minus something? Would it be a plus something? What's the timeline? Is it two years? Say this team's just crap. What's the timeline before they say, man, the ultimate plan was to hand it off anyways? What's the odds on that? Aaron, what do you think? See, this is the this is the caveat that I think you got to throw in there. Is Easterby still around? It, if they go two and fourteen the next two seasons, if Easterby still in the building, who cares? They don't care because he's a man of God, and David Coley has un, undying faith and loves God. Cool. That that's all they care about now, and Easterby is going to decide and make every bleeping decision from here on out. And as long as you you know. Keep a cross around your neck. Your your job is safe. Does so I mean, he could go two and fourteen. He could go zero and seventeen, or now I guess two and six, two and fifteen, zero and seventeen. I don't think any of it's ever going to matter as long as Easterby still is pulling every string. And he signed a five year contract. So we'll start with that, Cully. He signed five. I'm not even sure he's going to be alive in five years. And I hate to even say that. Let me knock on wood. Well, I mean, it's funny because I think he's, what, 65? You know, so Belichick's older than him. He's been eating that Lubies for free already for years. <laughs> this man is a is a veteran senior citizen. Come on, don't run down the Luan platter. I mean, that's some good stuff, Jerry. <laughs> no, man, look, I I think he will – I'd say he's favored to be here over two years. I, I, I think I think he'll at least start his third season as the coach. That that's that's what I believe. It's a five year contract. They know the team's going to be bad. I think that was the plan was for Cully to coach this team for a few years while they're bad, while McCown is is learning. But to Aaron's point, if Easterby's gone, then you know the McCown thing might be out the window. Like what has to happen other than Watson? Okay, we said one uh, ways of getting rid of Easterby. One Watson raises hell, and he says this is the only way which I don't think that that's going to happen. That's like the that. only thing. Once Watson's out of the picture, what would have to happen? Like, say Watson out of the picture, what what has to happen in the in the owner's mind and eyes of with their product for them to say, you know what, enough's enough. What has to happen? I, that's why I don't know. I don't – because if you start a rebuilding process, then you're when you're rebuilding, you're not expected to have success. So they're not – now you have a bunch of guys that there's no expectancy on them. There's nobody saying, hey, this is what we expect out of you. We just – we expect you to get things better. But what's better? 
here's the two things, right? With Easterby, it depends on if they move him over to the, the business side of the organization, you know, in a president-type route. Because if they do that, then even though he's involved in football decisions, even though they're saying he's not, even if he is, if he's on the business side, then if the team's terrible, he's not going to get blamed for that because he's on the business side, right? The only way that that could go poorly is if the season tickets fall off and all the sponsorship dollars go away. That's not but but think about this. It's COVID. A lot of people don't have the same budgets for advertising and marketing like they used to. You know what I mean? And who knows if they're going to have full stands and concessions next year. So even if he does a poor job on the business side, he's already got a built-in excuse with, with the way the world is right now. And here's the other thing we learned last week, finally. We, we were told that Easterby was going to be like a character coach, right? He wasn't going to be doing football stuff. They hired a character coach last week, the Texans did. Why are you hiring a character coach if that's what Easterby's going to do? I'm telling you, man, he that's not what he's doing. He's doing football stuff. You, our, our own Lance Zerline verified that. You talk about, like, well, if they lose enough money. Everybody's got to realize, Cal McNair is not a businessman. Cal McNair's never built a business on his own and turned it into something. If they lose money, he grew up with a silver spoon going, okay, money's always there. So you can't – they can keep losing money. He's not a guy who – pivots and goes oh well this isn't working money-wise we got to do this no because money's always been there for him he's never gonna he doesn't have the businessman mentality to oh crap well you know what i bought it on losing stock i better figure out a way to you know turn it into something good he's that's not what he does i don't think he has the mental capacity to even do that i agree i mean it's hard to argue with that now someone is going to bring the business on the other side we're going to get to our man lamont Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. These bottles are lonely. It's a moment when I show up. God, I'm saying, wow. You're listening to ESPN 97.5.